listening to the Apollo Podcast Network. And welcome back to another episode of the Astros Future Podcast, presented by Apollo Media. I'm your host, Jimmy Price, also known as Astros Future. You can find me at Astros Future on Twitter and find my work at AstrosFuture.com. I'm your other host, Kenny Van Doren. You can find me on Twitter at The Vandalorian. All right, today we're going to do a look around the minors, and we'll start with our stock up report, which we do every time we record. But we got a lot to we got a lot to cover. It's a good week in the minors. But Kenny, I'm gonna let you go first. Who's your stock up prospect this week? Yeah, it's yeah. I don't think a lot of people would think about Nick Hernandez a lot, and he's going to be my stock going my stock up this week. And he's a reliever, Triple A Sugarland. Uh, you know, on the older side, 25, 26, went down to Double A for a little bit this season to help out their uh, issues in the pitching staff with the injuries. But on the season, he has a two eight seven ERA. That's combined between some uh, you know Double A starts and Triple A. I think his Triple A ERA is just a little bit north of three, uh, 0.93 whip on the season. He's been incredible out of the bullpen. But in the month of June, I think it was a stretch of about maybe like 15 innings, 15 to 20 innings where he didn't allow a single hit. It was, you know, he was pushing almost 20 on that on that front. One, two, six ERA in June, over 14 and a third innings pitch, 18 punch outs, four walks. And Nick Hernandez is making a case, you know, he's not going to make his debut this year. There's guys in front of him that will – eventually get called up by September, but next season, I think Nick Hernandez is going to be a wild card. Yeah. And, you know, uh, performing like this, because he'll be, as far as I know, I think he'd be eligible for the rule five draft if somebody wanted to try to take him next year, but yeah, to have that kind of performance is good, but uh, I'm going to go with a, a bat and infielder, David Hensley. And I know a lot of people probably know about him. He's a triple a um, kind of utility guy. He's playing all over. I think he's even playing some outfield now, but plays you know, first, second, third, short, uh, has had a really good season this far, but I started looking at the numbers and over his last 26 games, he's at 319, uh, 418 on base percentage, 564 slugging, 11 doubles, four homers, 24 RBI. So he's really started to put it together over the last month or so. And I know we'll talk about it when we get down to AAA, but leading the uh, the PCL, I believe, in, uh, in doubles at this point. Uh, but really good season so far for David. Yeah, he's got the you know the bag of gloves that he has. He can play all the infield positions, left field, utility guy of the future. Um, I think if they needed a utility guy in the forty man roster, I would you know first person I go to is David Hensley. If there's injuries to, you know, we'd see Nico Goodrum on the injured list in AAA, and if that extends, I think David Hensley would be the best in house product to go on the forty man roster. Yeah, definitely. So that'll that'll bring us into the Space Cowboys thirty four forty four went three and four this week, but uh, as always, there were some high this week. There were some lows. We'll start with the high, though. Hunter Brown, another phenomenal start. Six innings, no runs, struck out seven. He's got 92 strikeouts, which leads the PCL in 67 innings, a 2-4-2 ERA. We talk about it every week, and, and I know there's – ultimately, you got to have a spot for him, and the Astros don't – I mean, you know, you could force force him on the roster, but he doesn't have anything else to show in AAA and, and is just really put together a good season. And I know that the media rankings don't matter when it comes to like prospects, but they're fun to look at. I'm really excited to see where he's going to be ranked when uh, when they do the midseason uh, midseason rankings. Yeah, especially he fell into the top 100 uh, by MLB Pipeline when they uh, adjusted it with the promotions and the graduations from prospect ranking. But you know, jumping into like his back, like his his K brother, I think you called him that. Uh, with JP France, the two guys are just striking out the most players in the PCL. 
Um, he was a space cowboy pitcher of the month for, uh, for June two, nine, two ERA over 24 and two thirds innings pitch 36 punch outs to four walks. You know, the guy, the guy is just decreased that walk rate. He's looking good. Uh, he shoots bow. Um, I don't know mm-hmm. if anyone knows that they posted that video today. The Sugarland space yeah. Cowboys did, but, uh, just an interesting guy, just very straightforward, gets the job done. Um, five innings pitched on Monday, one earned run, 5K. And I think he he generated 13 to 13 whiffs in that span. So things are looking good for JP France on the older end of the prospects. We've talked about that a couple of times. Definitely a rule five selection next uh, year if he doesn't if he doesn't get protected. Yeah, definitely. He, he's been phenomenal. It's really nice. He had a really good year last year. So it's nice to see him kind of turn it around over the last month and a half. And I know we've been we've been following that. But yeah, another good start on Monday or good outing on Monday, fishing relief. So I want to one thing I want to jump uh, jump back to on Brown. I was looking at some stats today. I'm like, yeah, let me pull up his splits. As a starter, 363 RA, 63 Ks, 44 innings, really good numbers. As a reliever, he's pitched 22 innings. He's allowed 11 hits, zero runs, and has struck out 29, five walks. So, you know, we talk about like with Arigetti or Chase McDermott, how they kind of prefer to start. And Hunter Brown may feel the same way, but he's been absolutely dominant in relief this year. And who was your comparison for him? I know you tweeted about this and you haven't really got to talk about it, but looking at a 2018 reliever who's now an all-star starter. Yeah, Corbin Burns of the Milwaukee Brewers. And he came up as a reliever, had a, a really good season. Uh, you know, that first year as a reliever, I think second year struggled a little bit. But the last three years, he's been one of the best starters in, in all of baseball. High, you know, he's a guy that throws high heat, struggled with a little bit of the walks as well in the minors. So really kind of a take away the the bad sophomore year for him, and that would be like a perfect role for Brown. See him come up in the pin this year, help the Astros, and the next thing you know, he's, he's one of the best starters in baseball. But, uh, but yeah, that, I mean, that would be an ideal world. But it, it seems like a reasonable comp to me. And I think he, I don't think Corbin Burns actually has a true fastball. I think he's a cutter guy. And so you get a comp like that, and then you throw in that plus plus fastball that Hunter Brown's been throwing. I think he's touched 98. He's not pushing 100 just yet. And Sean Dubin's mm-hmm. the only space cowboy to do that. But, you know, it's, just keep watching him. I, I don't think, I don't think there's going to be a week where we have anything bad to say. Right. Yeah, and we'll, we'll jump to another uh, pr- uh, pitcher that uh, had a lot of eyes on him, and that was on Monday. Forrest Whitley was assigned to AAA, so he's no longer on his rehab. He's actually on the team. You were there. You saw his outing. I know he went two and two-thirds, gave up six runs. I know me and you were texting about it. Overall, though, the the numbers don't look great, but you saw it. The The way he pitched wasn't as, uh, wasn't as bad as the numbers are suggesting. Yeah, I got to look beyond the box score. The first inning gave up two runs. That's on him. But you look at the second inning, two quick outs, double, hit batter. He's got two on. Induces a ground ball to shortstop to Gody. To Gody goes to second and he misses, you know, the he gets it to second, but the runner beats him by two or three steps. Um, and then the catcher who was running down the line just jogging. Like I think Degody had the easy play at first, mm-hmm. kind of just got well, just saw that there was, you know, he could make the play at second, didn't make the play at second. Next pitch, grand slam. I, I think there's, you know, you have to look beyond the box score, especially for this. And it's Whitley's first start, first time in AAA since 2019. He generated 10 swing and misses in two and two-thirds innings. That is crazy. He's through six different pitches, according to StatCast. You know, there's a lot of things that you can you can be upset about Whitley. You know, he hasn't pitched well in the last two years, two injuries, a suspension. But the guy, you know, he has the stuff. And I think that's what the Astros like to see. And if he's not going to be a starter, he's going to be a nasty reliever with the stuff he can do. Yeah, and I think you mentioned he was up to 96.4 was maybe what he topped out at. And, I mean, that, that that's good velocity, you know, especially like you're talking about the 10 swings and misses, uh, 10 swings and misses. And I don't know if the Astros would potentially use him in relief, but if you, you know, you're throwing 96 over a three-inning stretch, you know, what can you do in a one-inning? But 
Um, we'll see what he does. His next star will probably become uh, it'll be a Saturday or Sunday, uh, or maybe next week. We'll see. But on the on the topic of starters in, in uh, Sugarland, Peter Solomon threw a quality start. I think he gave up like five runs, but only one was earned. Had a had a yeah. decent uh, walk to strikeout rate uh, ratio. But overall, man, it's been it's been a tough year for him and a tough year for Brett Canine as well. I know a couple of guys that we were kind of excited about, especially Solomon. I really thought he was going to be a contributor this year. And unfortunately, they just struggled a little bit down in AAA. Yeah, I wanted to talk about Canine a little bit because on Saturday or Sunday, uh, Belak started in front of him. The original plan was to start Canine, But uh, Belak throws, you know, Belak and Henderson, Lane Henderson, who made his AAA debut. Great. You know, they did good over, you know, two, three innings. And then you come in and here's Brett Canine, who was the actual starter. He goes two and one third, nine runs on eight hits and five walks. I know it's in Albuquerque. It's a hard, it's a very hard ballpark to pitch in. You see, like, I think the Space Cowboys went four straight games with double digit runs. Uh, just overall, it's just not looking good for Canine. You know, 755 ERA over at 25 years old. At, you know, he's been known for his command. I've seen people talk about his command and what he can do. And you just, you know, this is the halfway mark. I think this is where he's going to try to turn it around. And there's going to be times where he's going to have to come in relief. You know, there's they have a surplus of starters, some injuries there. But, you know, the other five pitchers in that game combined for one earned run on five hits. His Space Cowboys still won, but he's yeah. just, you know, he's on the back end of his career if he's not going to fix this. Yeah, for sure. It's been a, it's just been a man. It's been a tough year for him. And hopefully Solomon will get things turned around and hopefully can nine. I mean, 25 years old, not, not, uh, not very old. So I mean, still some time there, but we'll, uh, we'll go to the hitting. The hitting has been uh, pretty impressive. Corey Jolks. I know you put a note here. He's on an 18 game hitting streak. He's got 17 homers this year, which is third best in the PCL and uh, an 865 OPS. That was a, a guy we talked about a lot at the beginning of the season because we talked about that versatility and him adding the uh, third base position and, we were talking about his defense and all of a sudden he's had a, a very good offensive season. Yeah. I think Jay Kaplan, when he was at the athletic to be, you know, during uh, spring training, he said this so well, if you look at his numbers from last year, before he went on the development list to the numbers uh, before and then after the development list, his power just went up. Like his power skyrocketed. He's already had a career high home runs halfway through the triple a season. Sure. He's playing in the PCL, but the guy is just, you know, he's been a monster. I think before Sunday, he had an 875 OPS. He was almost pushing 900. And his 18-game hitting streak is actually the longest of any Space Cowboy of the season. He was tied with J.J. Matajevich for the longest the day before Sunday with 17, got to 18. Yeah, Corey Jolks is looking like a monster, and he just continues to hit home runs. Yeah, I'm going to have to go back and look at the stats from when he went to the developments. That'll uh, that'll be interesting. We'll go down the next one. Yonder Diaz, man. I don't know what else to say about the guy. I know you look at the average, it may not be great, but the four homers in AAA, he's hit some bombs. I don't know if you saw the other night he had one. It was 475 feet to right field. So no matter where you're playing at, to hit a ball almost 500 feet is impressive. Man, he's – you mentioned it a couple times on the podcast. When are we going to start calling this the Giner Diaz trade, not the Miles Straw or the Phil Maton trade? And uh, it's getting close to that time. And I think the coolest thing about Giner Diaz is that Actually, a kid from my high school, his name is Josh Wolf, kind of close with him. He was in the the trade from New York to Cleveland for Francisco Lindor. He pitched to Jainer. Jainer was like his catcher in single A. He was just talking about how Jainer was just a very smart catcher, very smart for like the place he was. You know, he was a very, he's almost like Mark, like he kind of, not even comparing to Martin Maldonado, but he called him like, he was a personal catcher. Like he knows what he's doing. It's not just the bat. Like, you know, I know he played a lot of first base, but the guy's a good catcher. You know, he's, I think he caught he didn't catch Whitley Manea caught, caught Whitley, but he caught Odorizzi. Like they trusted him yep. with that. He's, yep. you know, that was, that used to be Papirski's job when he was in the system overall, just, you know, looking like 
looking great at the plate. I think, I, th- I think last week when we looked at, it, he was like three for 18 power's getting up, you know, playing in Albuquerque is going to get your numbers up. And I think another guy that that's, that's really, you know, living off the Albuquerque life is Jose Siri. Mm-hmm. Since he's been set down, he's nine for 27, four homers, two doubles, 10 RBI, six Ks to four walks and a stolen base. I think the six Ks to four walks is a good sign. I know the power is going to be there. It's unfair when he goes down to AAA. I, I, haven't, I haven't seen him run in person since October of last year. And I think I texted you. It was like seeing his speed in person is incredible. He looks like a an Olympic sprinter. Yeah, I mean, he's he's so freaking toolsy, you know, and it, it's really just about putting it together. And we last year for the, the major league team, he had uh, some pretty good numbers this year. He just struggled a little bit, but he's still young enough. He's still going to get another chance at some point, still on the 40-man roster. So nice to see him go down there and and, and crush the ball well, uh, you know, just like the other guys were doing in Albuquerque. But I'll go back on it. You know, you, you still got to be able to hit the ball in Albuquerque. Like, you know, it's a good hitter's park. But like Hunter Brown went there until six scoreless innings. I, mean, I know he's Hunter Brown. I know he's a really good pitcher. But you know, if you can pitch there, you can hit there. So nice to see the offense do that. Real quick, I do want to say what you were talking about with Corey Jolt. So I believe he went on the development list in like July. And when he came back, he had uh, 12 homers in 49 games. This year he's got 17 homers in 67 games. So quick math, 107 plus nine. Like, so in 116 games, I think he's got almost 30 homers. The last 116 games of the minor. So yeah, you're right. The the power numbers have have really uh, really increased for him, and uh, super encouraging to see that. I don't even think like he was having a bad stretch of play before the development list. I think he was above right. almost an 800 OPS, but they knew there was something there for him. And I think if you read that article from Jay Kaplan, I think he goes into more detail about it. But I just, it was a very interesting note to always know about Corey Jolks. And speaking of other power hitters, Emmanuel Valdez, uh, I think he's just flying under the radar. Everyone knows Emmanuel Valdez is going to hit home runs. He's going to hit for power, 864 OPS, six homers, most of any space cowboy in June. I mean, guy's been lights out. And I, I love that they put him at first base. That was like my dream was like, I, I love the prospect idea of putting a lot of guys at first base. It's not the hardest position in the world. I know it is when you talk about the Moneyball movie, but um, I, I, you know, he's what five, five, nine and playing first right. base Guy, yeah. guys having a, a good season. Yeah. Um, really a breakout season, probably, you know, the uh, on pace to be the minor league play of the year for the Astro system right now. Uh, real quick. We'll talk about the, uh, a little bit of the injury issues that the, the space Cowboys have. And they finally got uh, Lewis Brinson back, I believe. Right. Yeah, so he was out for a couple of days, and I think you were the one who tweeted that Jainer Diaz went into right field oh, yeah. when he was yep. on the – so he went down for a couple of days, one-man bench, Scott Manea, whoever was not catching, was on the bench. And so then they brought back uh, Marty Costas from the from his rehab assignment. He hit a grand slam in high A. It ended up, like, making some money for people. I don't know. I saw a tweet about it. But oh. <laughs> overall, the, that's, the bench is back to normal. Pedro Leon was replaced by Franklin Barreto in the bottom of the fifth on Sunday. He had his stuff there on Monday. Like at the game, he had his gloves, bats. Like he was in the dugout, just wasn't playing. Um, overall, back to a three-man bench with Brinson back and, and Costas back on the um, on the bench. But other transactions, Corey Lee promoted. Everyone knows that. He had 822 OPS in June. And I know I said – Last week that, you know, he may not be ready, but overall, you know, his bat has been consistent in yep. June. Uh, other actually pitching injuries now, Sean Dubin, latch strains. He has a right latch strain, and I know that's not always a good sign. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jonathan, he's on the, he's on the seven-day. Jonathan Bermudez, according to Chandler Rome of Houston Chronicle, says that Jonathan Bermudez has a hip injury, but he's not on the injured list. And then Zach Roscup, who is the, who is the only lefty in the bullpen, is also on the injured list. Uh, Lane Henderson, uh, Matt Rupenthal, two guys that we've talked about, those K numbers, they have above four ERAs, but 
Henderson had a 10.85 K9. Rupenthal had a 13.25 K9, both promoted to AAA with some injuries hitting the bullpen. And then, like I said, Marty Costas back from the, back from the injury list. Yeah. So hopefully they'll, uh, hopefully they've had a lot of roster turnover right now, especially in the bullpen. And we've seen it. I mean, it seems like relievers are going all over the place. So hopefully they'll get some stability there and start playing, uh, start winning a little bit more games, but ultimately, you know, the guys that we want to see performing well, perform well. So that's good. We'll, we'll go to the hooks. They're 35, 41. They went three and four this week, but the offense had a, had a rough week, you know, and you look at some of the numbers, like probably go listen to one of our podcast episodes, you know, I don't know, four or six weeks ago. And, Man, the numbers have uh, unfortunately they've just really gone down. You know, uh, Wilger Abreu is hitting 242. He still has a 393 uh, on base percentage, but Justin Dearden's a guy we talked about a lot, and I think he was up to like 306, um, something like that. And now he's down to 286 and 906 OPS. Still leads the system in doubles. It's just been a little bit of a rough stretch for them, and unfortunately, uh, Abreu, Dearden, and Barry Hill are like the top three in the order, and all three of them have kind of struggled at the same time. So that made it a little bit a uh, little bit of a difficult week for the Hooks. Yeah, Brady's had 62 walks in 72 games. We always like to talk about how many walks he's had. It's That's why his on-base percentage is crazy high. It's mm-hmm. like him and Ross Adolph, who's Adolph's on the injured list, but those are two guys with crazy on-base percentage. And each week when I tr- go in and change it, it's I think at one point he was le- he had more walks than games played. Now mm-hmm. he has 10 more games played than walks, about you know exactly 10 games. Doubles aren't going up. Homers aren't going up. It's just a kind of an off-stretch, like an off – off stretch for the offense and it's just so interesting because the, the pitching staff's finally heating up we'll yep. get to that in a second but the pitching staff's a lot better it's just really weird to see luke Berryhill sitting below an 800 ops a guy who was on like a 50 game on base streak and it snapped like last week um overall just you know, you're gonna see these offensive numbers go down but cesar salazar who's a who was sent down from triple a to or from triple a to double a one of the catchers 793 ops over in 34 games played, it went down a little bit, but the guy had a good streak of hitting. I think he had home runs in a, you know, a couple games there last week, but he's going to be a guy that's going to try to push his way back to AAA, especially if Scott Manea is struggling. Yeah. And he's, uh, you know, he's performing pretty well in double A, like you mentioned. And we talked, we, me and you have texted about it a lot. It, it's good to have those veteran catchers that are, are solid defensively behind the plate, you know, with the young pitching staff uh, that the Astros have, you know, all throughout the system. Another guy offensively, Will Wagner's got a couple homers. You look at his peripherals, they're not bad. He has less strikeouts than games played. He's drawn some walks. The average just isn't there. And when I was at the a game, you know, watching the hooks a, a couple weeks ago, and he hit every ball hard. It was just right to somebody. So he's just having some bad luck. Uh, speaking of him, though, I will have an article coming out on him as well. So hopefully you'll see that in the morning. Some pretty good quotes from him about his dad and, and about his time in the in college and minor league baseball to this point. But we'll go to the uh, the pitching side. Jimmy Endersby. 3.33 ERA, which is a little higher than it was. I, I have to go back and look. I'm, I'm guessing he had a rough start pretty recently. But 60 strikeouts, 67 innings. I mean, he's kind of been the consistent starter for the hooks all season long. The walks are a little higher than you like to see, 37 and 67 innings. But you've seen the you've seen the really good out of Endersby. You know, I think he struck out eight over seven scoreless just a couple weeks ago. So we've seen the good stuff out of him. It's just about finding the consistency now. Yeah, he was a Texas League pitcher of the week, and I think when that happened last week, his ERA was definitely below three, sitting at three 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 now, which is actually the lowest of all hooks. You go and look at the the ERA list on their website, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of you know Devin Kahn who's sitting at the top, who's now in AAA, and some other guys who went down like Nick Hernandez. But overall, um, you know he's having you know he's having a decent year, and I know a lot of people are interested in him. But you, you look you look at Melendez as well. You know these mm-hmm. two guys are the two best starters on this team, minor league pitcher of the month. 12.54 K9, highest on the hooks. 
201 ERA in 22 and a third innings pitched in June with 31 Ks and only 11 hits. This guy's turned it around, and it's like we said, the pitching staff's going up and the offense is going down. It's just an interesting little tidbit about that. And Melendez is a guy with, with a lot of upside. You know, we talked about the tools he has and how good of a strikeout pitcher he is, but his ERA is going down. He had six innings pitched last inning or last time out, one hit, one run, 10 punch outs. And I think you were at a game recently. I don't know if we talked about this or not, but he had like 14 strikeouts, right? It was 12 over five. 12, 12 over five. See, that's yes. like this guy's been incredible in the last month. Yeah, so his last two outings, he struck out 22 in uh, 11 innings, the last two outings. Is, so, yeah, he's he's really turned it on. What uh, Astros pitcher does that sound like right now? <laughs> Christian Javier. <laughs> Christian Javier, yeah. Yeah, yeah. another another young starter that's kind of racking up the strikeouts. Misael Tamara has had a 3-4-7 ERA in June, 31 strikeouts in 23 innings. Same thing, only allowed 11 hits, you know, and that's the thing I think that's important to look for. Are they striking guys out and are they not allowing – if you if you can strike guys out and uh, limit the hits – we can try to work around the walk. We can get that under control. But if, if you're missing bats and people aren't getting hits off you, you're probably doing something right. So good to see that from him. They've had a couple other uh, performances that have started to, to trend in the right direction. Julio Urbana, you know, I had him as my stock down, and I know me and you joked about that. Uh, I think his last two starts, he hasn't allowed to earn run. I know his last one, he went five innings, struck out six, uh, no no runs at all. And then uh, in June, he's got a three six zero ERA. So I don't know, maybe it was a good luck charm, but, uh, but nice to see him turn around, you know, keep it starter. And I believe he's – 21, 22 years old. He's still pretty young. Uh, lefty gets on the mound. Honestly, kind of reminds you of Dallas Keuchel the way he pitches. But uh, but yeah, nice to see him get it going as well. And two other guys: Jose Bravo, one nine three ERA in June, over twenty three and a third inning pitch. Guy was on the injured list for a little bit. Was the reason Nick Hernandez had to go down to Double A. But you know he's he's been kind of having a quiet quiet you know season. You know, a good June, uh, twenty six strikeouts, only seven walks. On the other end, reliever Derek West, one six four ERA in June, eleven innings pitch, thirteen Ks, seven walks. You know the walks are a little concerning there. I feel like he's a pretty higher WHIP than what you'd what you'd expect to a one six four ERA. Transactions wise, go ahead. Oh, good. Yeah, you take the transaction. I was going to just ask you about that. Yeah. So transactions wise, uh, there's not much going on for Double A. Um, I think AJ Lee was actually with the hooks when he was placed on the injured list. That's why he really didn't go up to Triple A when they needed that bench spot. But other than that, Joe Perez is continuing his rehab. I think he's with the FCL Astros Orange today. He'll just stay whatever the home team is. It's either going to be blue or orange, depending mm -hmm. on the day. But that's all for AA. All right. Well, that's going to do it for segment one. In the next segment, we're going to take a look at the lower levels, and we'll get to that in just a moment. And continuing on here at the Astros Future Podcast, presented by Apollo Media. Enjoy the show. Do us a favor. Drop us a review. Leave us some stars. We appreciate that. I see it all the time. Uh, we'll get to the tours. Thirty-one and forty-three. The the story recently really has been uh, has been the offense, and it typically is in Asheville. Just it's a, a great place to hit. But Kennedy Corona, man, he was on fire in Fayetteville. Got promoted. And you never know how the promotions are going to take. Is the guy going to struggle initially or whatever? He has not. He's hitting three eighty-six in twelve game uh, twelve games in high A, a nine oh nine OPS overall this season. And you know we talked about him la uh, last last week. The guy came over in the Jake Marisnik trade, not the JD Davis trade, it was the Jake Marisnik trade. Um, and had had, a, you know, his numbers last year, I think he had like two homers and uh, stole some bases. But man, this year, uh, really kind of a breakout season for him to this point. Yeah, definitely. And you look at his other outfield partner in Colin Barber, a guy you've been hammering on that is ready for double A. And I'm all for it, especially for an offense is struggling. Get Colin Barber up there. He was on the younger, not the youngest end of the prospects, but, you know, draft out of high school. And, yeah. you know, this guy's got some lefty pop. 
306 with a 901 OPS. Now he's up to 323 uh, with a 932 OPS, you know, since the last podcast. Overall, this, you know, his outfield's looking good. Even Quincy Hamilton, 315 average, 903 OPS, and 31 high A games. There's some good outfielders down there. We talked about this. We look at mock drafts. Yeah, I don't, we don't know as much as other people do for mock drafts, but I'm just saying, can we? Can the Astros just stop drafting college outfielders and let <laughs> these guys just develop and yeah. go after another position? They know more than we do. I'm just, I'm excited to see like where these college outfielders, you know, end up. Yeah, and we were just talking about in the break, but you know, Max Wagner's a guy that I hope we go for. I know we're going off on a little tangent here for the draft, but third baseman out of Clemson. Anyways, that's a guy that I would like to take when it gets closer to the draft, and especially after the draft, we'll do some episodes. But I didn't notice J.C. Correa. He's still at 297, good, you know, solid season, but he hasn't played since June 26. I don't really know what's going on. He's still active. He's not on the IL, but he's been out of play for June 26 was last Sunday. So we're, we're going on about nine days. So we'll have to see what's going on with him. Christian Gonzalez, though, we were both surprised that he got assigned to high A to start the season, 20 years old, and, and didn't really, you know, light the world on fire last year in single A. But we've seen steady progress for him. And he had a 438 OPS in April, a 603 OPS in May, and a 756 OPS in June. While the overall numbers don't look great yet, we're starting to see that that steady improvement, um, and hopefully he'll continue to do well as the season progresses. So, according to an article, like to a minor league baseball writer for MILB.com, Christian Gonzalez is actually a lot taller than what it says on the website. He's like pushing six four, and the I don't know the writer's name, but who wrote it said that he could be end up end up being a right fielder if he makes it through the Astros system because he's just so big and he has the arm. But mm-hmm. if the, if he's not going to be a you know if he's not going to be a shortstop, that'll be his future position. And I kind of want to backtrack real quick to JC Correa. Someone asked me like, oh, wh- where's JC Correa? And I just said, hi, Ed. I didn't even know that he hasn't been playing mm-hmm. for a little while. No injured list. Um, but other than that, you know, Stubbs, uh, CJ Stubbs, brother of Garrett. I think he had four home runs in four straight games. Um, the guy's turning it around. He was, you know, a big, you know, big time catching prospect in the system last year when he was in double A. The bat really never got going, got sent down to high A. That's where he's been, you know, hit the injured list at the start of the year. But he's a guy that's you know, like we talked about this. If if a catcher's going to go up to, you know, fill that last bench spot with Corey Lee in the majors, who's going to follow to double A? And I was like, well, why don't they send CJ Stubbs back up? It's going to be a lot of progressions of pushing people up and it probably wouldn't work out right now. Yeah, because then, you know, then you're relying on Correa to be your only catcher in his first year being a catcher. And obviously there's something going on with him, maybe injured or whatnot. And then down in single A, you got a couple catchers that are like 20 years old and it's their first time catching full season baseball. So um, we talked about how much depth the Astros have at catcher, but you kind of see like that move of trading Papirski. And not to say that that's a bad move by any means, but it just it just takes one of those out of the lines. And then, you know, next thing you know, the Astros are kind of now needing more veteran catchers at the lower level. But, man, the pitching staff, it, it's been rough for the, the staff. And Asheville, I think it's just always going to be. But McDermott and Arigetti, man, they, they're racking up the strikeouts. That's what we want to see. They, uh, You know, McDermott is at 13.2 per nine. Arigetti's at 13.7 per nine. Uh, and then Rhett Koba, another guy I'll talk about real quick. Uh, 4.26 in, in five outings – or 4.26 ERA in five outings in high A. Uh, but overall, three three walks to 17 strikeouts in 19 innings. Solid for him so far. I'll be interested to see how quick they get some of these pitchers out of Asheville and get them to a little bit better pitcher's area in Corpus Christi. We've talked about it a few times since Chase McDermott's been on the podcast, but him and Eric Getty, kind of a small rivalry going with the strikeouts, plus the 81. That's good to see. But for Koba, I think he was, I'm pretty sure he was, you know, he's, he was placed on the injured list recently. We don't have the injury report, but he's going to be out for at least seven days. Oh man, I didn't notice that. No, that's, un, that's unfortunate. 
because, um, yeah, I was really excited to see what he's going to do in high A and the, the way they moved him. I was hoping maybe he'd get to double A pretty quick. But that's about it for the pitching staff. So we'll go to the Woodpeckers, 33 and 42. You talk about the college outfielders, and there's a couple here that are playing really well. Logan Cerny, OPS 809, 12 doubles, four triples, 12 homers, 23 stolen bases, and then Loper Fito. He's hit 309. He's got 23 stolen bases as well. So a couple, you know, we got the college, we got the outfielders in, in high A playing well. You got Corona, and then you got a couple college guys or a couple guys in Barber and Hamilton. And then down in single A, you got the same thing. You got Logan Sardi, Joey Loperfito uh, playing really well. Cerny, he was on the podcast last week. Then he won Astros position player of the month. I, I see a coincidence there. <laughs> I don't see a coincidence. 809 OPS, you know, he's looking good. I think we've talked about Loperfito. And you look at his on-base percent or his batting average compared to his OPS. He was above, I think it was like 330 when we talked about this one time. And mm-hmm. he had like an 850 OPS and the guy just gets on base, you know, he hits yep. singles. You're not the biggest power hitter, but if you put that lefty bat in high A, give him that short wall in right field, then maybe, maybe the power will come. But other than that, it, you know, his versatility is immaculate. Sure. Um, you know, he's a guy who can play first, second center. And he's that's, that's what's going to push him through the system. Yeah. Yeah. And then the Astros third round pick their 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 number one pick last year in the draft since you had the first, second round pick uh, Tyler Whitaker, man, it's, it's been a struggle for him this year. Uh, strikeout numbers are up. He's had some good streaks where he looks a little bit better than he goes back down. Still young, 19 years old, plenty of time to work it out. But the pitching staff is extremely young, too. You got Alex Santos there, who I think he he went six innings on Monday, struck out seven. And I'd have to go look, but six innings is probably – that might be a new career high or maybe tying his career high because most of the season I feel like he's gone four or five innings. But he's got 68 strikeouts and 50, uh, 56 innings this year, leading the team in strikeouts. We've seen some some very good performances from him. We've seen a few bad ones. Uh, so he's kind of working through those, but still really young. Just like, I mean, they, they have a really young pitching staff right now. And uh, and we're kind of seeing what happens with the young pitch staff, the highs and the lows. Some guys are having some really good outings. And the next thing you know, they, they might you know, walk quite a few and have a rough outing. But overall, um, we're seeing the strikeout numbers at a, at a pretty, pretty crazy clip down in uh, single A right now. The one thing I would throw out there about Santos before we wrap this part up is that he, we know that he left the trainer um, two weeks ago, got back into the rotation, got pitching, and the six innings is great. We talked yeah, about that early in the season sure. that he, we, you know, you'd like to see him stretch it because I think the last year since he was drafted in 2020, never really exceeded four innings, and he got up to five recently. And pushing six, you know, that's showing pitch, pitch efficiency too for a strikeout guy. Yeah, and, and you know, that's uh, he's he's a guy that we need to succeed. You know, we need to, to do well. The second round pick a, a couple years ago, the pick we got for losing Garrett Cole. Another guy that's down there uh, pitching really well, Miguel Ulola, had a rough outing in his last one. I think he went four innings, struck out six. He's got 49 strikeouts in 30 innings, throws like 98, uh, 20, just turned 20 years old. So he'll be a guy to, to definitely keep an eye on. But that's going to be about it for the, the Woodpecker. So we'll jump to a couple few of the parts that me and Kenny really enjoy to do. And Kenny, I'm going to let you go first. What's the best thing you learned this week? Uh, best thing I learned this week, I got two of them. Uh, Chaz McCormick and Lewis Brinson I actually tweeted this. I went to my first Astros game of the season on Saturday. Chaz McCormick started him and Lewis Brinson, Lewis Brinson outfielder in the you know, AAA, uh, former Miami Marlin, have the same walk-up song, Hotel Lobby by Quavo and Takeoff. And I'm, sure, I'm not sure if you've ever heard it, Jimmy. It's a good song. It's got a good yeah, flow yeah. to it. You, you have heard it? Oh, you've been to yep. Sugarland. You've seen Astros games. So, yeah, it's that's their uh, – they both have the same walk-up song. Maybe it was a little it was a little bit awkward, so that's why McCormick stayed in the majors. Uh, when Brantley came back up, no, I'm just kidding. But that's I feel like it would have been a little awkward them battling for the same position and having the same walk up song. My other thing, best thing I learned this week is that David Hensley and Emmanuel Valdez, pretty good friends. Uh, both played in Double A last year, both playing in Triple A now. But I was at the game on Monday. 
and they had a radar gun. I couldn't tell who the coach was. There's a new coach on the Sugarland staff with Vladimir Satil up in the majors, but they were uh, they had a radar gun on them and seeing how fast they could throw. And uh, manager Mickey Story was out there too, holding the radar gun. They were just throwing as hard as they could at each other. All right. Well, then we got to find out how hard they were throwing. That, yeah. That's our that's our next goal. The next time we go, yeah, we, find out. We also how hard need to. We also need to learn about uh, David Hensley's uh, rap career. He's, he's yep. a rapper. Yeah, we'll definitely we'll, we'll look we'll look into that. We'll get some information before we record, record our next episode. So the thing I learned this week, and every Astros fan learned it as well. Jordan Alvarez had his first walk off home run on on July fourth yesterday. Uh, really awesome comeback, and he did it. You know, one day after Jeremy Pena had his second walk off home run of the season of his career as well. Uh, so kind of cool to see Jordan get that first first walk off home run out of the way. Glad you touched on the Jeremy Pena part. I was about to throw that at you. He's had two before Jordan has. I know Jordan didn't play play yep. one game in 2020, but right. he's played two almost two full seasons since then, and he hasn't had a walk off home run. And he's the home run king on yep. the Astros. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And really, I was looking at some advanced stats, man. He's been awesome. But Kenny, I'm gonna give you my trivia, okay? So down in Fayetteville, okay. they got three guys that have at least 20 stolen bases. It's Cody Orr, Logan Cerny, and Joey Loperfito. It's this going to be this is really hard and it's more just informative, if anything. But any chance that you could give me a team, <laughs> just, actually, just take a guess at the last last time the Astros had a team that had three players, uh, for minor league team that had three players at least 20 stolen bases. Just throw a year out there 2009. No, that, that's a little too far back, but oh, it's, little, it's more well, recent, it's, it's more recent than that, but it's right. not, it's not in the immediate competitive area if that makes sense a little bit 20, before we kind of hit our stride 2014 2016 2016 and it took me a little research to get go back and look at this the three well really the team had had five but the five were bobby boyd ramon loriano drew ferguson johnny seawald and jason martin and it's just I, I mean there's been times the astros have had at least multiple players in the minor league system with at least 20 stolen bases but to, to all be on the same team i thought that was pretty crazy Especially this year, I mean, there are, they've done it in the first half of the season with Cody Orr, Loberfito, and, and Logan Cerny. They probably won't be there the rest of the year. They're, you know, hopefully at some point they'll get promoted. But uh, pretty, pretty crazy to see them racking up the stolen bases like that. Most definitely, I was. I thought you were going to go far back, and I couldn't remember if Michael Bourne was actually a prospect in the Astros system. I know he started with the Phillies in the Philly system, but I was just going to mm-hmm. say, oh, was it some team with Michael Bourne on it? <laughs> but uh, that's good to know. And I, I would ask you this: What trade was Jason Martin in? Uh, Garrett Cole. Garrett Cole. And yes. then who, who was the return for Ramon, Ramon Laureano? Uh, what's his name? Uh, Brandon Bailey. Yep. Right. What yeah. team is he on now? The Reds. Yep. He was purchased okay. by the Reds. Okay. Good one. Uh, yeah. my trivia kind of easy. Corey Lee made his debut recently. I got two part question. Who was the last Astros prospect catcher to make his debut? Garrett Stubbs. Garrett Stubbs, correct. Who was the last Astros first round pick to make their debut before Corey Lee? Make their debut with the Astros. All right. Uh, Kyle Tucker? Kyle Tucker, yep. Okay. I was, I was thinking it was Kyle Tucker or Bregman, but then, you know, Bregman was a college guy, came up a little bit quicker mm-hmm. than Tucker. Yeah, those, those were some easy ones. I think if I just said who was the last Astros first round pick, it's Seth Beer, 2019. He made his debut last season with the Diamondbacks. He's actually back in AAA, though. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I, he had a, he had really good numbers last year. I saw he was struggling a little bit this year. Yeah, that's the trivia this week. I actually didn't stump you at all, though. <laughs> that's all right. It's nice to like to to know the answers right away. I mean, it feels good at least. Mm-hmm. So you boost Definitely. my confidence for next week or, or the next time we record. But all right, you got anything else, Kenny? That's it for this week.
All right, guys, that's going to do it for today's episode. So if you haven't already done so, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And as always, thank you so much for listening. And we look forward to having you back for our next episode of the Astros Future Podcast, covering your Astros in the minor league system.